Life is not about how you survive the storm. It's about how you dance in the rain. This is Alex Bloom and you're listening to Survival BG Podcast. Stories how foreigners cope with life in Bulgaria. Enjoy! Ivan Vazov Park, which is one of the, the parks where you see a lot of people just go you need you really almost need to book a bench yeah. to be able to sit with your friends right. there, you know. And I like to make my own adaptations of music. Even if it's Chalga, which is the Bulgarian <laughs> reggaeton, reggaeton that everybody right. everybody despises this. Everybody hates it in Bulgaria, but in the end everybody knows it. Our guest for today is Vitor Lopez. Coming from Portugal, Vitor has been living in Bulgaria for almost three years. Oh, hello, Vitor. Welcome. Hello. Thank How you are you? Thank you for having me. I'm fine. Thank great. You. Great. You're trying to enjoy this weather as much as it's possible. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. So you've been living here for three years and three months or more even. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so how is your experience so far in living in Sofia? How do you like it? Uh, I would say ask me the same question when the weather gets better, yeah. But to be honest, uh, it's uh, there is a mixture of uh, feelings. Yes, uh, coming from Portugal, I am used to uh, warmer weather. Yeah. And uh, especially the, the the fact is that the winter is nice, it's pleasant here, but it's too long for me. Yes. And this is the big problem I'm I'm facing. And especially right now, my mood is a bit lower because of that. Apart from that, to be honest, I think life is very easy for a foreigner. When you start mm-hmm. working in this, uh, I don't know, uh, multi-national like, companies, uh, with, uh, you know, in European-wise, the salaries are not so good, but uh, for Bulgarian standards, they are. And this mm-hmm. makes your life very easy. Yeah. So, in general, I'm enjoying the experience, and that's why after three years and <laughs> three <laughs> months, I'm still here and, uh, you know, surviving. Right. But how come you chose Bulgaria out of all the places? Like, what's the story behind you arriving here? It was an adventure. So, long story short, or a bit shortish, let's say. Uh, I was in... Um, so, I was in Portugal. I was studying in Lisbon my degree in mechanical engineering. And for my master, I went to, to another small city. Mm-hmm. And... I went there, but I still felt that moving from Lisbon to another city was not exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to, you know, I always had this thing of going abroad and experiment life abroad. But, you know, when you're studying, everybody talks about Germany, especially in engineering. Mm-hmm. UK, even Sweden, whatever, you know. And, I don't know, I had the chance of doing an Erasmus internship for my master thesis, and uh, there were only three places to go. And... It was either a very small town in Belgium with an investigation center. It was a town in the coast of France. I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> and Valencia in Spain. And I was like, okay, I'll apply for Belgium. Why? Because it's the further. The further, the better, you know. I yes. just want to get away. The only one that I could actually join was Valencia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, God damn it, I'm going to Spain, you know, which is right here. And the first two, three months, it was like, I don't want to be here. I just want to start working at my own life because I was always very independent. And in Portugal, it's not like... first comparison I can make is that, for example, in Bulgaria, I met a lot of people studying in university and most of them are working at the same time. They already have this mindset of like making money while studying, having a degree and eventually going to another country to make more money or make their lives here yeah. if they get the chance to. In Portugal, it's not like that. You go to the university... To study, that's it, you don't work. And I was used to this, you know. 
And uh, when I went to Valencia, I was like, no, I just want to work, be independent, because I was not like this. Studying with the money of my parents, it is not for me. I worked in some part-time jobs on the meantime, and I always realized that studying and depending on my parents is not my thing. The problem is that uh, once in Valencia on Erasmus, uh, even though I was doing an internship, having a regular schedule, weekends free, I was still enjoying my life, meeting people from all around the world, and that's when I realized that I really wanted to explore more than ever. And not Germany, not the UK, not the countries where people move to get money. I wanted to explore something different. Right. I went back to Portugal to finish my thesis, and I also started looking for opportunities of Erasmus because I didn't have any mm -hmm. other else. So I found a uh, summer school in Bulgaria oh. for three weeks in the middle of the Tosha mountain. And uh, I applied. I got a scholarship. I just had to pay for the flights, and it was three weeks here, all included. Basically, it was in the Red Cross uh, complex in the middle of one mountain here in Lausanne, mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, basically, where you have like 100 people from all around, especially Europe, but from all around the world. We had Japanese people, we had people from Azerbaijan, Armenia, oh. uh, Georgia, uh, Turkey, Greece, a lot, Romania, Serbia, and, you know, I'm from Western Europe, right? And I came here, it was, I was the only Portuguese, there was one Spanish guy, there was one French, a few Germans, like five or six, and then everyone else was from Central Europe to the Eastern side, you know? And this was very fascinating for me. And uh, it was summer, not like now. It was a proper <laughs> summer back then, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I got here, I saw like the communist. You know, I, I don't have this in my country. Like, I know that the communist was a very. This was very hard times for the population around here, for the people around here, and some people still, you know, kind of. I, I'm fascinated with the, the communist monuments. Mm -hmm. For example, the Bujluja monument in, in Bulgaria mm -hmm. is one of the most fascinating yes. structures in the world for me. It is. And a lot of Bulgarians actually talk about that, but that shouldn't even exist, you know. <laughs> but I'm fascinated with that. And when I saw these streets, the trams, the old trams, you know, like the disorganization, but at the, the, the same time the freedom that people mm -hmm. were having here at that time, I liked it. Mm -hmm. After three weeks here, I was able to visit Thessaloniki, which is very close. I visited Plovdiv back then. I went then to to Serbia, to, to Belgrade, Budapest and uh, Prague. It was the first time I traveled uh, outside of Portugal uh, for a long period of time and visited so many countries, you know, and with so many different cultures. And I just thought, why not getting a job here, you know? Like, I just needed a break. I was not happy with what I was studying in the end. And I just applied for uh, jobs outside with languages, which was the easiest way to do it. And I got uh, an offer for Poland, for Katowice, and one for Sofia. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I didn't choose Sofia over Katowice. I was more linked to Sofia, but I was, like, curious about both. The fact is that uh, in Sofia the opportunity came first, and I just accepted it. I said, why not? It wasn't easy finding job in Sofia. Like, it was really with languages, yes. With the Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, you know, it's 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 actually very easy. Was it a different job or the same you are doing right now? It was it was also a call center job, right? But it was customer support for TripAdvisor, uh, and this is the other reason I, I accepted it. Like uh, you know, kind of closed eyes, like oh my god, TripAdvisor and stuff. But in the end. You know, I cannot speak about internal process, everything else, but I was kind of disappointed with the job itself, with the company and with how the things were going. Right. And after six months, I just decided to quit, but I still didn't decide to quit Bulgaria. Right. 
And so I just found another job in the company where I am right now. And, uh, well, things got a little better. The salary was better as well. The, 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 there was more organization. And I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's basically it. The problem, uh, after all of that, is that um, that year was actually the coldest winter that Bulgaria had in oh, the last God. 20 years. It was three years ago. I still remember that. And we had like temperatures of minus 24, more than one, two weeks in a row, you know. And for me, this was like crazy. I remember I went to Portugal for after New Year's Eve. I went on the 1st of uh, January to Portugal and came back on the 8th of January. And I came from Madrid. And Madrid is continental weather, so it's also very cold in the winter. But still, <laughs> still, it was... Look, I, I cannot explain. I, I really... I came, I arrived in the airport. I took the metro back home. And I was living very close to one metro station. Honestly, three minutes walking home. And I was living in the metro station and the car close by in Petekusheta. And three minutes walking, cities not more than that. I couldn't open the door of the building because my hands were frozen. Wow. Three minutes walking from the metro station. I really, I'm not used to this. And it's true that I get really affected with the weather, with the cold weather. But this was extreme for me, you know. It was interesting to see it, but from inside of the building. <laughs> Let's put it this way. So yeah, this is how I started being in Bulgaria and my first experience with winter. But have you heard about Bulgaria before coming here? Like, did you had any contact about it? Bujluja monument. Really? Yes. Wow, that's interesting, actually. Yes, I was fascinated with this, as I said, with these communist uh, structures, like uh, the brutalism, you know. Yeah. And Bujluja was one of the most fascinating for me. I don't know why, to be honest. I don't know why. I think it's just interesting to see it. And when I came to Bulgaria, it was when I realized that the same structure was in the same country I was going to come. Oh, you didn't know that it was in the country you were going, right? I mean, when I looked for them, yes, I looked at the countries where they were at. But, you know, I never imagined that I could just go to the country first and then realize that this was there, you know. And I was like, yeah, I would like to visit it. And I asked this in the summer school. Can we actually have a trip to go there? And they were looking at me. Why should we? <laughs> like, come on, man, it's a communist building. No way. Okay, sorry, excuse me. I had no idea that people were so, like, no, like, trying to forget this. Since you've been living here for around three years, mm-hmm. do you know, can you tell me more about, like, for example, the first impression you had about Bulgaria when you arrived here? And now, after a while living here, like, what are the differences you've noticed? Even after, even after all this time, to be honest, I cannot tell you that there is a difference between when I came and now. One of the things I believe and I, I'm, I'm starting to, to, to feel is that um, also the weather impacts a lot on the experience that you have here. Not only in your personal experience with the environment around you, but especially with the people. Mm-hmm. The people in the summer here in Bulgaria are very chill. In the winter, everybody is much more closed. Everybody is just home, like, let's put it this way, hibernating. Even I did the same. Even some right. friends were like, let's go out, let's do this. And no, guys, come on, look at that. No, it's, it's a no, a big no, you know. And uh, even I started becoming negative. Um, yeah. it's, it's very difficult for me to really survive the winter. But the first experience and now, I don't know, maybe when I came three years and three months ago. Uh, no, actually four years ago was when I was here for the first time for these two oh. weeks. And then I came back like almost one year after. Uh, let's put it this way, I came here and I found it interesting because being from Portugal, there were not so many Portuguese back then. And if I was going to somewhere and trying to speak a bit of my broken Bulgarian, because I was kind of in a school to learn Bulgarian, it was interesting 
nowadays, being a foreigner in Sofia, I'm just one more. Right. The city became crowded with a lot of foreigners, you know, and um, and this is one of the biggest differences, right? The city became very internationalized. A lot of people from abroad come here frequently. And that's basically it. Other thing that I noticed, for example, one big difference that I noticed from then until now, but in the end it's exactly the same, is that the city, Sofia, is not prepared for tourism at all. What do you mean? Uh, you know that, for example, in the summer there is a lot of people doing interrail, young people, mm-hmm. and they try to go to, especially in Eastern Europe, where the railroads are kind of good, like well-connected, let's say, not good, but well-connected. Okay. They try to, you know, visit capitals, smaller cities, wherever they can, you know. And uh, one of the things that Sophie doesn't offer is uh, like a good nightlife in the summer. Really? Yes. This is one of the things that I didn't notice when I was here the first time because, you know, I was just... I was three weeks and I enjoyed to the full. But what happens in Sophie is that a lot of business, what they do is that they are open for nine months in Sofia and three months in the seas- on the seaside in Bulgaria, in Varna, Burgas, you know. And uh, apparently they make more money there in those three months than in the 10 months that they are in Sofia, you know. So this is one of the things, a lot of restaurants close. One of the biggest uh, clubs for international people, the, like foreigners, uh, tourists, whatever, is Terminal 1. I don't want to promote any place, but this is true. It's one of the clubs that actually the foreigners like to go the most. It's closed in the summer. Wow. Yeah, and, and of course, then even when you are living here, you're like, guys, where should we go? Honestly, to a park to drink beer. Which is the other thing that I love about Bulgaria, that I never experienced in Western Europe, is that you have these 24-hour shops to buy alcohol, cigarettes. I don't smoke, but you can buy them. You can buy drinks wherever. You go to a park and you're just there spending the night drinking, listening to music, because you have plenty of parks. People go there. It's not dangerous at all. Which is something that for me was very curious, you know. Like, you're coming to Eastern Europe. People talk about Bulgaria like, oh, mafia everywhere. (laughs) I'm not saying that they don't exist, <laughs> and you kind of see that with the, the the cars that you see here. It's something that also amazes me. But to be honest, as a normal person living a normal life here, you don't feel this. At least I never did. Yeah. You know, I always felt safe, secure, and I, I don't have any problem moving anywhere around the city. Like, oh my god, that area is very dangerous. Maybe you would try to avoid some neighborhoods. But in general, like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I never felt so, so safe in my own city in Portugal than I feel here. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So do you hang out more with uh, locals, with Bulgarians or with foreigners here? With foreigners. Yes. Why is that? Do you think that uh, locals are a little bit close-minded to making more intimate friendships with uh, foreigners or is it just you? It's a tough question, right? And I'll tell you why. Because um, I think it's not about the locals itself. I think it's more about the fact that as a foreigner living here, you are uh, having an experience of living abroad. You are a stranger. You are a foreigner. In You don't speak the language, for example. It's more difficult for you to blend in. And you kind of get along with the people that are going through the same experience as you. Right? Uh, so I think this is one of the reasons that connects the foreigners more to each other than to Bulgarians. Culturally, there is also this difference. Like, uh, for example, most of my friends in Portugal, the ones that are getting married now, we are all around 30 years old, right? And here in Bulgaria, a lot of people already start living together when they are still in university. They start living together. They just want to work getting married when they are very young. You know, 
and maybe this also kind of gets them stuck in the in the personal relations with other people you know another thing i also noticed and uh, this actually some some bulgarian girls i i, I met and uh, eventually i hooked up with uh, they actually admitted this that uh, they, they one of them actually told me you know as bulgarian girls right and i said what do you mean you know that we only leave a boyfriend when we already have someone else in mind Oh. And this for me was very strange, but I started thinking and I was like, well, maybe that's kind of true. I cannot apply this to every situation because not every girl I met was like this. But uh, in general, not only with the girls, but even with the guys, you know, I don't know. It's it's very strange for me, like the way that, that the men and the women interact here. You know, it's, it's, for example, one of the things that in Spain, let's talk about Spain because it was my, my best experience in my life. And it was when I discovered myself and when I discovered everything else but even in Portugal it's kind of the same you have friendships with men and women you have a group of 50-50 you guys get along with each other you respect each other and everything and um, even if somebody hooks up in the group just a one night stand nobody's going to judge you yeah. right it's it supposed to be <laughs> exactly yeah. here it's not the same you know guys go out together if a girl comes or two girls come, it's because they are with one, someone in the group, or if there is a group of girls and the guy comes, you know, it's, it's kind of like that, you know, and this is something that, it's, it doesn't disturb me, it's just culturally different, you know, but of course that this kind of impacted me when I wanted to have a friendship with, uh, with, uh, with people around here, you know, and I, I really like to get along with women, especially, and uh, it's very difficult to have, uh, to have friends, women, that, you know, stand still after a long time because I don't know why they just think about something else and when they get a boyfriend world disappears you know it's that mindset you know exactly the Balkan mindset you are from around here you know but uh, still Macedonia might be different I don't know not really we're still not that ahead I don't know I think but let's be honest I think that it's also because we have so much sun that the sun burns our minds our brains and uh, you know we are just like ah, let's just enjoy Another thing that, for example, happens here, uh, I'm not going to give my personal opinion about this, but, uh, you know, there, for example, in, in Western Europe, there is a lot of feminism going around. Mm-hmm. And I think it became too much, is my opinion. But the problem is that here is too less. Oh. So there is, I think that there is no balance anywhere, but here it's too much of, uh, you know, but it's not that the men want to treat a woman as an inferior uh, being, it's just that the women themselves have the mindset that uh, they have to, you know, give something to the guy. A Spanish friend of mine is the, as, as a girlfriend uh, from Italy, for example, and he tells me that one of the things that is pissing me off, pissing him off the most in Bulgaria, is that he's also my age, thirty, and she's the same. And uh, the Bulgarian friends, you know, they are asking frequently to the girl, like, when are you going to give kids to your man, like. It's not that you are giving kids to him. You are going to have kids together. You know, it's it's that's the way it is. You know, it's not you giving kids to him. And 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 this is something that you know I, I don't understand to be honest. The other thing is uh, even when I came here, one girl that I met that was working with us, and we were talking about like uh, relationships here and stuff, and uh, she was telling me, oh, you know, when I have a boyfriend, I just start thinking about kids, cooking for him, preparing the bed, cleaning the apartment, and I was like, why? I mean, why? Because in this conversation, I remember that it started because I cook. Wow. 
because I cook for myself. And just like, but you're a man. Okay, so I have to call my mother to send me the food from Portugal. Come on, please. They have some respect on yourself, you know. I mean, this is maybe the, the biggest shock that I had, you know. And that I, I, I think that uh, women and men should have equal rights. And uh, as I said, there is an extreme feminism going around in yes. Western Europe. But here it's... It, they need a bit of that, you know, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a mindset which I think is starting to change towards the years, you know, like different generations. I think that the young generations, especially living in big cities like Sofia, are trying at least to get out of that kind of a pattern of thinking, you know. So let's hope it's going to get better, I guess. Maybe. And also with the fact that maybe with the, the bigger international community. Yes. But but the other thing is that I noticed a lot of Spanish friends of mine, and I'm I'm talking about the Spanish because I get along with a lot, and a lot of them come at once, and then they end up staying. It's kind of everywhere, you know. The Sp Spain has a lot of, uh, let's say, options to do this kind of EVS, Erasmus, uh, some internships everywhere, you know, and um, and one of the things I noticed is that after six months, most of them end up leaving. They don't get used to life. They just, ah, I want to, to try my, to, 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 you know, develop my English and everything. And in the end, they just end up leaving. Ah, this is not for me. It's not just the adaptation, but for example, with the guys, it's more like, okay, I, I, I didn't bang as much as I was expecting. So I'm leaving. And with the girls, it's more like uh, this thing that they go to a club and they see that they are not treated with respect and they end up like, uh, I cannot stand this anymore, you know, yes. and yeah. It's a big change, definitely. But do you think that locals are uh, usually, in your personal experience, are they like uh, rude or friendly? How do you perceive them? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a tough question as well. Uh, please don't show my picture on the... <laughs> let's put it this way. Outside of Sofia... Let, let's put it this way. There is Sofia and outside of Sofia. And realities are totally different. Yes. Bulgarian people are fucking awesome. Let's put it this way. That's they not are... cursing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of an adjective, yes? <laughs> so let's put it this way. Outside of Sofia, you see the reality of Bulgaria, right? Uh, the poorest area in, in, in Bulgaria is uh, the northwest. And uh, there, honestly, I was also, when I came here, I was with an Erasmus group. And I didn't have the chance to, to meet a lot of locals. But still, the people were kind of friendly uh, in the end, you know? But I did once a road trip just to visit this communist monuments, and I was in very small, very, very small towns. I was in a town called Perustica. Wow. Do you know where it is? No. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's a town somewhere in between Sofia and Plovdiv, a little bit south. There is some sort of monument there dedicated to... I don't even remember what it was. I studied it back then when I went to visit it, and it was... Uh, you see the monument from far away, because they are huge, but you cannot get there. And it was a small village. Nobody speaks English, obviously, you know. And in the end, when they realized I showed the picture or whatever, and I explained more or less where I wanted to go, and my Bulgarian was even worse than it is now, you know. And people started, there was a guy writing on the floor with uh, this board, uh, I don't know in English how it's called, but this white thing. Chalkboard. And he was writing on the floor, like, how would I get there, you know. And uh, they were very friendly. They were very surprised to see, like, two foreigners in a very small town to just visit this monument. They were like, why, you know. Like, their face was, like, surprise. But I don't know, also another town, like, uh, there is also a very big monument in the um, Trojan Pass in uh, one big mountain chain in, in Bulgaria. And I went there also for this big monument. And when we were going down, we just stopped in a small town to have lunch. And my, even my mother was here, and she was very surprised with the people being so 
friendly. The fact that we paid almost nothing for a meal for three people back then, including half liter of beer, which is something that I really love here, you know. A beer, uh, like big, small, big. Okay, <laughs> half a liter. No, but this is huge. It's not big, you know. Right. In Portugal, you have 33. That's it. <laughs> or 20. Wow. Or 25, which is a shot. And, uh, yes, then about Sofia. Sofia, I think that uh, the fact that a lot of companies opened here and started paying good salaries for locals, you know, a lot of people moved uh, from, uh, I don't know, wherever they come. And, and uh, they come here and, honestly, dealing with these people disappoints you so much that uh, dealing with two or three people like this, and even if you deal with 20 that are very nice, it's like going to leave you kind of some kind of uh, remarks. And this is disappointing, you know, especially the service in, in some restaurants, in some bars. It's horrible, you know. But this, this honestly, it is. And especially uh, some of the most... Which is very strange for me, right? You go to a Mechana, which is a normal Bulgarian restaurant. And if you go to a Mechana outside of the city center in Sofia, you can find good service, good food, you know. If you go to a Mechana in the center, you might find it overpriced and the service is not the best. The people are rude. The other thing is the thing with the changes. Like you have to pay 36 leva and you give 40, right? And you are waiting for the change. It will never come. And when you ask for the change, they become very rude to you. They throw you the money to the table and everything. And this is... Even for Bulgarians that usually go with me to these restaurants, you know, in a group, even they get disappointed because they understand that this is giving them a bad, you know, image outside. Yes. The problem is that because of these things, I cannot say that, the, 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 you know, Bulgarians are not rude. They have their days. <sighs> but they're very bad days, let's say. <laughs> but as I said, for example, in the summer, maybe also it's my, my attitude is different. But at the same time, in the summer, you see that people are much more chill. Yes, I guess the weather influences their mood. A lot. I guess so, yes. Do you speak Bulgarian, by the way? No. No? Uh, Three no. years and nothing? <laughs> And this is it. Well, at least something, right? No, I mean, I'm trying to understand more and more. But, for example, when I'm writing to someone in Bulgarian, I really try to start to write more and more without using Google Translate. But uh, when I have to speak, I have to think what I'm saying. And I don't have the speed of thinking about what I'm saying. I don't have enough vocabulary at the same time. Yeah. It's hard, especially you don't have the same alphabet and you're completely like... The bases are, the, the roots are totally different, yes. Yes, so it's, you find it pretty hard, right? A bit. Yes. I mean, I mean, in the beginning it felt very, it was very interesting because when I came here these three weeks, I was learning, right? And uh, I found it very interesting and I saw that it was very straightforward. Like the alphabet is like a letter, is a sound, that's it. Tochutaka, you know? Yes. The problem is that uh, in the end, when you really try to have vocabulary, in order to have... Because the grammar, I don't find the grammar that, that uh, difficult. I mean, at least this, to be able to have a normal communication. Right. The problem the is when you really want to have... You need the vocabulary to have a normal communication. Even if you mess up the verbs or the adjectives or the articles, whatever, at least you can have a, com a conversation with someone. And then you'll improve. The problem is the vocabulary. Even for some reason, with Greek... I find it easier for me to, 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 to learn Greek. I think that there are more close roots. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. And this is the, it's very difficult for me to, to, to really get a vocabulary in Bulgarian, to be honest. I'm not putting that much effort on it. I'm working in an international environment. 
and I deal a lot with uh, international people, but... So you don't use it in your everyday life? No. You don't need it? No. Only for beer. And for Only beer. for beer. And <laughs> that one, you learned it, so oh. I guess it's useful. Man, please. <laughs> Come on, you need to survive, man. The I mean, first yeah. day even. <laughs> right. So, overall, in resume, uh, people here, I think that Bulgarians, and this is what the feedback I had before I came here for the first time, is that Bulgarians are very nice. The problem is Sofia being the biggest city in the country, having mm -hmm. almost, like, they say 2 million, 3 million, but uh, the official population, according to statistics, is around 1.5, right? Even if it's more, because I believe it's more, it's because people come here to study or work during the yes. weekend, on the weekend they leave. The problem is that Sofia really gives you a totally wrong image about Bulgaria. Yes. You know, I, I, I've been in I have been in Varna, I've been in Burgas, I've been in the, the, the these touristic places that all the Bulgarians criticize, like Sunny Beach, <laughs> Sosopol, whatever, you know. I haven't been in the Golden Sands yet, but I eventually I will. I've been in Veliko Tarnovo, in Plovdiv, some small towns and there you really see people, you know, like uh, with uh, the, the the genuine Bulgarians that are nice people that really want to, 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 to give the best that they have. You know, in Sofia, yeah. you don't have this feeling. Yeah. But coming back from your country, like mm -hmm. from Portugal, is there something that you miss here, like having back there that you might not very find it here, you know? Yeah, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that we talked before, uh, before the, the, the podcast started, uh, so the, this thing, for example, the Kapana Fest in Plovdiv, right, is one of the things that I mentioned a few months ago. When I went to Spain to Valencia, my the city right. of my heart, uh, I went there for Fallas, which is the the main holiday for of, of the city, you know. And that basically it's like a party on the streets, you know, a lot of um, a lot of small temporary places where you can buy different kinds of drinks, different kinds of food, even like a street art, whatever. And basically, these kind of parties where you are enjoying more and more the streets than the 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 bars or the restaurants itself, you know. And I went to Kapana Festival in Plovdiv this weekend, and I saw it. It's a very, it's honestly, it's a very small neighborhood there. But it's these kind of things that I miss here. And Sofia has the potential right. of having this. And yes. they are not using this. For example, this area in Oboriste, in the center, behind the university, I think it's an area with a lot of potential for this kind of stuff. Also, a bit below that, uh, close to one of the oldest cinemas in Bulgaria, I don't remember the name of it, to be honest. Uh, but close to World of Moss and a bit down in direction to the Romanian embassy, if okay. people are listening to this, at least you, they can look for the most <laughs> spots and see the street that connects them. Uh, I think it's Saracen, but I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, that is a very small street with some small cafeterias, you know, restaurants and stuff. And I think those are very nice places to actually have these kind of events. You know, street parties, street music, you know, street stages that you can enjoy the city more than just going to bars and that's it, you know. I maybe, miss this. Maybe you could be the one having the initiative for doing some project like this. Who knows? I cannot even take care of me properly. I cannot <laughs> take care of events like that. <laughs> All in good time, let's say. No, um, the other thing I miss is, of, of course, you know, the seafood. Mm -hmm. which it's completely normal here if you go to the seaside they have seafood but more related to fish right. uh, not exactly like octopus or uh, shrimps or something that we have that are like very very good mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is the sun oh yeah that uh, is not I mean 
Let's let's just skip this one. <laughs> and what is the biggest challenge you've had living here? Like something you find a challenging in your everyday life about in Bulgaria? Bureaucracies. Dealing with it's normal. It's normal. It, and today I was talking to a Bulgarian and uh, even he said that uh, even for Bulgarians, bureaucracies sometimes are a, you know a pain in the ass. Let's put it this way. You know, um, for example, one of the things. I bought some, I just, just an extra, like I bought a motorcycle some time ago and I had to, to order some parts from the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, after one month of not arriving, I called the guys, okay, what happened? Ah, you know, uh, yeah, there is no tracking number. We are sorry, but can you please, before we give them as lost and send you via another company with uh, express shipping and they are delivered by this company to you, can you please check the post office? And I said, <laughs> you don't know Bulgaria. <laughs> Uh, first time I needed to send a document to, to talking about the post office is a good example, right? I had to send a very important document to my father in Portugal and I asked a friend of mine to come with me to the post office to see if it was possible to send it with uh, some sort of insurance. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went with me and he said, don't. Point number one, don't. And I said, well, let's try. We went there just to buy. I don't remember what we went there to buy, but it took us half an hour to buy. And I think it was just two stamps. Wow. But the lady was like so slow doing the stuff and everything. And he said, look, you don't think that this is only the office, the only office where this happens. It's like kind of everywhere like this. Would you trust them with a very important document? No. So, uh, you know, this is just an example. I'm not saying that they are bad in everything they do. But uh, of course, it's like, for example, when I had to take care of to, to, to have my Lichna Carta, mm-hmm. which is the, the Bulgarian resident permit. If I didn't have a Mexican guy doing the Bulgarian translation for me, um, I wouldn't have made it for sure. And especially because my landlord, although he doesn't speak English, he really went there with me to try to help me. And oh. uh, by having someone that could translate on the phone, he was talking to this person you know, and helping me out. You know, one thing I realized here is that uh, things can be very tough if you don't know, if you don't have the right people to help you out. And I'm not talking about knowing the right people in the right place. It's just having people that really you can rely on and I was lucky to be honest I found a really nice apartment in the center for example that is still like underpriced considering the the, the out of your mind prices <laughs> in the city center right and um, I was lucky I was lucky but also because knowing the right people got me to the situation where I am you know so yes the struggle here is that sometimes if you really don't have anybody to help you with some uh with with some stuff related to documentation related to you know i don't know some stuff in your everyday life you kind of can get messed up right so that, that, that my point is my, i'm not saying that in portugal is easy i think it's not for a foreigner it's right. totally not and i am aware of this but uh, this is my biggest challenge here yes. to be honest and and not only that because you know the other thing is that Uh, in Portugal, at least if, if a friend of mine goes to Portugal and goes to visit the country and needs some help from someone, I always can rely, I can tell, okay, contact this friend of mine or this or this, they can help you out. And they are going to do it, you know, yes or yes. If one person cannot, because sometimes you really don't have the availability, the other will help you. If not, you know, here I'm not saying that people don't do it. It's just a bit harder to find for some reason. I don't know. I was lucky with the people I met from the very beginning, to be honest. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, another thing that um, another thing that in Bulgaria was uh, was uh, well not a big shock for me because 
I do, for example, I do recycle a lot. I'm right. very strict with this, you know. And uh, for example, now I'm I'm dating a girl from Macedonia. You know her, Martina, right? From your country. Huh? Right. Uh, and uh, she was also not aware of this recycling thing, you know. And uh, now she's into it. You know, I started, she saw that I was so picky with it and she started realizing that even she's now sharing a lot of things about like the amount of plastics in the ocean and everything. You know, people here are not aware of how they can damage the environment. This is one one side of the story, right? It's about it's about the education, but not the education that you get at home. It's about the fact that the, the this is still a kind of a thing that is not uh, advertised here, right? You know, try to be ecological, try to reuse things. Not don't don't just throw things away. For example, the food. I really hate to waste food. I don't care what it is. I hate. It. You know, and I see a lot of people here, it's just like they ordered, pff, I don't like it, and just, you know, trash. And I'm like, look, you're throwing meat to the trash, right? I eat as less meat as possible, but I do eat meat. I don't become, I didn't become a total vegetarian. I'm trying to get there, but little by little I'm reducing. But, you know, I know that an animal suffered for you to have this piece of meat. Right. Even if you don't like it, which you're not forced to like it or forced to eat it, but at least keep it. Give it to some homeless person that might need it. There are a lot of stray dogs in Bulgaria that might eat it, you know. Just don't, you know. I don't get it. The thing with the trash is, yeah, the recycling is still the thing that is not going well around here. But on the other way, for example, uh, I really like the fact that you don't see trash on the streets. You know, uh, people go to a park. And as I mentioned, uh, people go to a park to, to, to drink when the right. weather is good. They take a lot of plastic bottles, glass bottles, metal cans, whatever. They take whatever they have, you know. But they don't leave it just thrown. They don't leave plastic bags. They don't just, you know, they put them all in the trash. And if the trash bin is very small, they leave everything around the trash bin so that when that someone goes yes. and collects the trash, yes. And this for me was perfect. The other thing was... In some parks, the benches are not even stuck on the ground. Do this in Portugal or in Spain. Or, you know, the benches will disappear. Poof, vanish. Here, the people move the benches to wherever they need. If there are ten people, they will just put two or three benches. Yes, like, I also lesson. noted this, like a very interesting habit, let's say. Ivan Vazov Park, which is one of the, the parks where you see a lot of people just go... You, need, you really almost need to book a bench yeah. to be able to sit with your friends right. there, you know? And, and when you go there, you see the people moving the benches here and there, and they are, like, occupying the whole road, you know, inside the park. But at the same time, they don't break them. They don't steal them. They don't leave the trash around them, you know. This is something that I... I was stunned with it, you know. Even though, considering the people don't have this kind of... Uh, this kind of mindset that, you know, plastic, uh, you know, recycling, right. reusing things, you know... The thing with the plastic bags, for example, here, people can just buy a plastic bag from Billa, which is like this kind of hard plastic that will last three lifetimes. Um, they just buy it and they dispose it in the next moment when they arrive home. And this is, for me, something very strange. Yes. You, know? you can reuse this. You just, can, you should. You know. But on the other way, as I said, one of the things that surprised me is the fact that they respect a lot, a lot the nature. They really don't leave trash in the parks and everything, so you can reuse them the next day. That I really love, to be honest. All I in really good love. time, right? Yeah. I bet you had a certain hope is back home that you might 
try to have them here. How are the hobbies back home and here? Did you, did they change? Like what do you do? Yes, I like to go for the street sports, for example. And here the weather does not allow you that so much. <laughs> only the only in the summer, but that's my thing. And you can just readapt, right? But uh, one hobby that I had back home was uh, music. And uh, to be honest, here I had the chance to to get on with it. Let's put it this way, I always had the thing of playing. Maybe it was also because I, did, I was not mature enough, but, uh, but in Portugal, you know, the live music scene for amateurs is like, it's kind of free. You know, either you in either in a small town you might get some money to play live or something. I don't know, but here it was very easy for me to start a live music action, and just from it was like overnight I started having full concerts with the, with this with right. uh, Daniel Martinez, the guy that was playing with me. Uh, but yeah, we had a band, Manuel Martinez, and. Uh, It lasted for over one year, uh, and we are still kind of going on, but we needed to stop for a while to rest, you know. Both of us, we needed a break from, like, uh, the, the old act, because we were kind of becoming repetitive. Right. And we needed to overthink the things instead of just keep doing the same. Mm-hmm. So stopping for a while, it uh, made us good. I started playing now with a Greek guy. He plays drums and cajon. Mm-hmm. And it's nice, you know. I started readapting the type of shows I'm playing, but the fact is that by playing something uh, like pop, Latino music, for example, stuff like that. I, I started playing live music and people like it. You know, people really like to go and, and they don't mind paying. They don't mind paying the entrance for a live event. They don't mind going to a place and drinking and paying for the drinks and everything. This is something that I really like because, honestly, back home, people were more like into going to bars or going to the nightlife instead of going to cultural stuff. And here, maybe it's because, you know, 20 years ago or th- almost 30 years ago, 25 years ago, maybe it was when the communist just, when the communism just ended, you know. Maybe this is one of the reasons that still a lot of people are finding that th- this kind of freedom to, you know, enjoy these sort of events can give them a lot of joy, you know. But to be honest, I really don't know if this is the reason, but I, I'm really surprised with the fact that people here can pay for live music. They don't mind paying for live music. Right. Even if it's tribute bands, even if it's imitations, even if it's whatever, you know, they respect art. But you agree that Sofia has a good scene for performing live, like, concerts, and it's easy to find place to do it, yes. and people are interested. What's your, like, experience with yes. working with this? For me, it was very easy. Like, I, I was just with a guitar, and I was with uh, with uh, Daniel. And uh, we went to a bar, and we we know we knew that they had live music because we seen it, and we started talking to them. Oh, you know, we we also play live music. How, how does it work? Oh, you know, what kind of music you play? And I started saying like, okay, I like to play Bon Jovi, Brian Adams stuff. No, okay, I like also to play some sort of uh, you know, yeah, nice, but no. Well, look, in last case scenario, I can play Despacito, and they said we want that. Oh. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> and, and in the end. It revealed to be like the best approach to people here because it's n- it's not about playing only reggaeton or pop from Spain or Latin America or whatever. It's about doing something that people artistically find different, you know. Because one of the things here with the music scene, especially, is that a lot of people are still stuck in the 80s or 70s. You know, you see a lot of tributes to, to a lot of bands from the 80s or 90s. Um, people are stuck in the more commercial things. But as performers, to be honest, as performers, I don't find that many people that perform music that for the masses. They are very... 
let's put it very strict with the music they, they, they play. It's like musicians here I found really, really, and this, this is something that is, this is something that doesn't bother me at all. I like it, to be honest, because I benefit with it. But it's very strange to go to some events where people share the, the, the microphone, where people share the stage, you know, in jam sessions, in open microphone events, you know. And you see a lot of musicians that they are really good. But to be honest, they are really fucking good. Singers, guitar players, bass players, drummers, people with saxophone, whatever. And you listen to them and you are like, man, this is amazing. But then if they have a concert on their own or stuff, at some point they become boring because it's always the same. But if you ask them, why don't you just, you know, broaden a bit more? No, because I like to do this. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't judge that. To be honest, I don't judge that. But... I see music in another way. I yeah. like what I like. I like a lot of, the, 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 uh, like a huge diversity of types of music and I like to make my own adaptations of music. Even, even if it's reggaeton, English pop, even if it's chalga, which is the Bulgarian <laughs> reggaeton, reggaeton that everybody, right. everybody despises this. Everybody hates it in Bulgaria, but in the end everybody knows it. Is the kind of thing, and and in the end, you know, you do this kind of stuff, and people in the end enjoy it because they find it funny, they find it interesting. Because if you are a performer, to be honest, if you are a performer, people in Bulgaria are gonna love you because there are not so many performers. That's it. Another thing is stand-up comedy. People really like it here. And how about the foreigners' community in Sofia? Do you think there is a good community that people have a way to connect, to meet, and to I don't know, hang out? Yes. There is a group, and I have to mention this group, of course, and I have to mention the guy that organizes the group, which is the Foreigners in Sofia and France. Right. This guy, Giuseppe, I met him some days ago. And this guy is famous as fuck, you know. And, and I met him, just, you know, it was a huge coincidence. I was in a bar in Dada. I went there just for a beer when I was going home. And um, so he and the girl entered, and I had no idea who he was. Because it's totally different in reality than the photo that he has on Facebook, to be honest. And they entered and they started speaking in Spanish with the girl from the bar, which is a friend of mine, and she speaks Spanish as well. And uh, I was talking in Spanish to her, they understood that she was speaking Spanish, and they started speaking Spanish to her. And then we started all speaking Spanish, and at some point I asked him, so what do you do here? So you've been living here for four years and stuff. We started hooking, like, hooking up on a conversation, you know. Right. And uh, he just said, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I worked in this call center company, international business, but now I'm doing things on my own. And so, for example, I have this, I'm managing a Facebook page. I don't know if you heard of it, Foreigners in Sofia and Friends. And I was like, so you're Giuseppe. Duh, Giuseppe. <laughs> you know, and, and, and he was like, ah, so yes. And I said, man, man that group is, it's, it's not easy to organize that. And, and I said, how can you deal with the people that write all that amount of, let's say, bullshit. <laughs> because the thing is that this group and, and he's doing it really well because he has the balancing between the people that really use the group to just write whatever they, that it comes in their mind but at the same time he cannot ban them for whatever reason because in the end it's just you know it makes the group going and in the end I use the group for example for two or three questions that I had on my own and I it, it turns out that actually you can find people for all kinds of conversations right and the fact that you just create a post about whatever, some people will always reply to it. And you'll get to see names, you'll get to eventually, you know, get to meet people from there. Which is nice, you know, it's, let's say that it's it's not only for foreigners, there are also a lot of Bulgarians in the group, uh, which also help you. There was one thing, for example, that I asked once, a friend of mine was once visiting me, and while I was working, he was just going around the city, and he went to the, 
free walking tour, the free com the communist tour, which is not free, that one you have to pay. Uh, and they went also to the free food tour, and they talked about one type of specific cheese, which is the green cheese or blue cheese. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's green cheese. And I was curious about it. And they said, ah, you know, they told me about the green cheese. We could go and see how it works because they told me that it's only in one specific town in Bulgaria. And I think that the cheese even has the name of the town where they make it. Mm -hmm. And it's only handmade. You know, it's not like any kind of factory process, nothing. And I asked in the group, like, where can I find this cheese? Because I was curious about it. And to be honest, I didn't have so many replies, but it was immediate. You know, people started saying, okay, join this page, go there. They have like some, uh, you can join the events where you are like a workshop. You can make the cheese with them. Uh, right. And they said that you can find it in uh, really fancy hotels sometimes because it's really rare to find, you know. And I was surprised with it. You know, I didn't even know about this. He went to the free food tour, he learned about this. I wrote it in the foreigners in Sofia and only like four or five people actually knew what I was talking about. Which I didn't have any idea. So, you know, sometimes just... But then again, there is people writing, where can I buy tomatoes? Man, I like, can buy tomatoes for you and really sell them. God damn it. Come on, you know. <laughs> you know, as some manners, you know. And there was a time that people were posting apartments there, but like ridiculously expensive. And at some point he had to block the... the... It's a place where you can rely on if you really need some help with some stuff. Administrative stuff. Uh, for example, some people uh, like, okay, I was robbed yesterday or my jacket disappeared, my wallet disappeared, what should I do? Like, uh, there was a guy once, but of course, then you always have, but these people exist everywhere, not only here, but th there is this guy, you know, and I, I still feel sorry for this guy. This guy's from Czech Republic, he had a car with Czech plates, which was a Mercedes SL SLK, which is a sports Mercedes convertible, white with black rims. And he was with the car, with high sound all the time and stuff. It was stolen. Wow. Of course. First question they asked, did you have casco, which is like a full insurance? No. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny to see this kind of stuff, but at the same time, I feel sorry for the guy, but I also feel like, man, these guys are just... Just please, don't even reply to him. He's already feeling like he wants to don't kill himself, you know, please. You could, and this is one of the things, you could find someone in, in, in such a situation that could write you, okay, look, I'm Bulgarian, I don't have so much free time, but let me know what happened when it happened, and if you need help, I can go with you to the police to do a yes. translation job, you know, without anything to... Which sometimes it's the help you need, actually, you know, like, it's enough even that. Yes, exactly. Right. And what is the lesson you learned here, living here, like, in Bulgaria? I learned not to digest a lot of things. You know, when you come from a country, and I'm not saying, like, I didn't travel around the world when I... I didn't start this adventure, this experience when I was 18 or 19 or 20, you know, that you are still, like, uh, let's say we are still very young, young enough to, to... Young... Two things, two sides of the thing. Uh, like, the, 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 in one side is, like, you are way too young to enjoy the full experience. You're just going for the, the, the different experience, but in a, in a more relaxed party way let's put it this way man when you are 20 years old and you do you do some sort of like international experience you go for the banging you go for the alcohol you go for the party you know even if you go for you know the cultural stuff you are going for with a different approach right i came here to work in an adventurous way so i call it workasms yeah but <laughs> 
you know, work cosmos. Uh, yeah, I call it like that because it was basically like that. The, the work was flexible enough for me to be here, and it still is. I I I, I can have my live events, have my my concerts, and everything. I can dedicate time to myself, travel a lot, and in the end of the month, I have money. You know, to 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 enjoy life. Basically, this is what I want to do. Uh, but the biggest challenge I faced, and I still do, you know, not anymore. You know, at some at certain point, you got you you get used to it, but it's the difference of cultures, right? Yeah. It's the fact that you come from a country where th- things are so chill. Mm-hmm. You know, Portugal, we are like in the most western continental point in 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 Europe, and you are just there. That's it. This is what we do. We are there. That's it. You know. We enjoy life. It's not that we don't have fun. It's not. I mean, it's just the point that, uh, for example, let's put it this way: Bulgaria, geographically, is located in a very, very nice place. Okay, you have the sea, the Black Sea. You have borders with Turkey. You have borders with Greece. You have borders with Serbia. You have borders with Macedonia. You have Kosovo is just there. You know, Albania is just there. You have borders with Romania. You know, geographically speaking, this is something that, uh, you know, gives the interest because you do, in just two hours you can be in any other country, you know. Which are very different in between. Which are very different, which are completely different. You go to Turkey, I mean, it's uh, the, the, the border from Sofia is like five hours away, or mm-hmm. not even. Greece is one hour and a half, Serbia is 50 minutes, <laughs> you know. And, and you go to all these countries, even though they are connected with each other, it's a totally different you know, it's a totally different culture. Right. But in Sofia, you find a lot of this. And the multicultural environment uh, makes people respect each other a lot. And, for example, this is one of the things I, I learned when um, when I did the free walking tour for the first time. It's like that, they, I think, they, I, I don't remember exactly how they, how they call it, but I think it's the square. The square of tolerance. Tolerance, yeah. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. The thing is that they have the mosque, the synagogue, and the uh, Orthodox Church, and uh, the Christian Church, all in the same place. They are 30 seconds walking from each other. Yes. You know, and, and, and you see this, and, and you don't see people bombing each other, or fighting each other. You know, it's, it's, and they call it the square of tolerance, you know. And, and this is something that, which means that you have a lot of communities in certain parts of the city, and they get along, you know. There is no hatred, there is nothing. And if you see someone with a, if you see a woman with a burqa, for you it's as normal as to see a woman with a short skirt and tattoos. Right. For example, it, it, I don't know, it's just, it's it, it just, I, I, I don't know how to explain this, to be honest. I, it's just, the thing is that people don't judge you from where you come from. Uh, something that will always remind you of Bulgaria, you know, like something that you find very typical and very connected to Bulgaria. Like, let's say a song, a word, a name, a phrase, I don't know. Well, the root service in the restaurants. <laughs> that is something that I hate, but it will stay for long. The 24-hour shops. I respect the people that work there. I have to be honest, I respect because they don't get well paid. I don't know how much they get in terms of money, but it's totally not well paid. But at the same time, this is very convenient for you, yes. And uh, it gave me more and more the respect for these people. The, 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 the small markets where you can buy like local f- fruits or vegetables, that they don't last more than two or three days, but at least the taste is awesome. It's not plastic. I don't know. To be honest, this is a question that I haven't thought about because I, I'm always thinking about I have to leave Bulgaria at some point. I'm fed up with this. But I'm fed up with mostly the weather. Mm-hmm. 
in the winter I really get uh, like almost depressed and I was talking with with my girlfriend at, at, at some point and I told her look you are doing uh, investigation in the university uh, you have the chance of moving like you don't have the chance of moving away as me like I just you know can let everything go and get the fuck away from here find something similar in another country and you know but uh, with you it's different so if you are willing to go somewhere else let's just do it one more winter here one more summer because really you guys didn't have the chance to experience but summer here when it's summer I really like it it's dry summer and it's I love it I don't know I love it I love it it's just I love it you know I love summer in general but here it's nice I don't know with all the green areas you have Vitosha Mountain just close by you can go there enjoy it just for, go for a grill take some beers go enjoy it you know a lot of parks around the city that you can also enjoy the summer there. But I really love the summer here, especially because of the, the nature that Bulgaria has to offer. So since we're coming to an end of the recording, can you tell us like any, I don't know, advices you would like to give to the listeners who are foreigners and trying to live in Bulgaria? Yes. Uh, so, uh, for trips, as I said, one of the things that fascinates me the most is uh, the communist monuments. And I did this road trip uh, around Bulgaria, considering all the monuments, I made sort of a route around them, and I made a route with it. So, you know, one week it's possible to cover most of them, like to visit 10 or 11 places, that it's not just because of the monument, but it's because you're going somewhere which you are not... Uh, <laughs> it's because you're going somewhere that you are not expecting, and if it was not because of this thing, you would not go there, you know. Uh, even if it's a memorial, whatever, you know, if it's not because of this, you'd never go to this place. And this is what made me discover the real true Bulgaria. Sofia is totally overpriced. So sometimes just moving away from Sofia, and I don't say just go to the common places, just go somewhere, you just find a place, you know, investigate a bit about it. But to be honest, it's also difficult for a foreigner to just say, okay, should we go here? Why? I don't know. Just because, you know, at least as these monuments are one of the reasons that made me travel around it, make a road trip, do it. Going from uh, from city to city, like uh, visiting Vid in Belogracic Rocks, for example, uh, visiting the Trojan Pass, this big monument, Veliko Tarnovo, all the way to these towns, but especially if you're going through very small roads, you're going to find a lot of uh, memorials and monuments like this. And in, at the same time, you're going to stop to admire them and you just can't stop there and have a meal somewhere, you know? Yeah, so usually we want to finish these uh, recordings with a personal favorite quote that you have. What's your favorite quote? So you can't take money to the grave. This is my quote. Thank you. So thank you for being our guest today, Vitor, and I hope you're going to have a wonderful time living here meanwhile, So and hopefully we'll see each other again. Thank you a lot. Thank you for having me, and I'm sorry that I spoke a lot. <laughs> Randomly. Thanks. And thank you for joining us for these closer meetups with foreigners who live in Bulgaria. Have a great day, and until next episode. Ciao.